There are fewer than 30 men in the world qualified to drive Formula One. A mere half dozen, perhaps, to win. At this moment, I'm inclined to think you're not one of them. This is Desiree for F1Weekly.com. I'm your in-depth correspondent. Let's go. Welcome to F1Weekly.com. My name is Clark Rogers. I'm the host of the program. I'll be joined by Nasser Hamid, my co-host. This is podcast number 962, October 25th, 2022, Nasser. Thank you, sir. I say 10 years after Kota and Liberty Media changing the face of Formula One in the USA, while Max continue with his winning way, and Nando flying high in April, shut down in May. That's life in the fast lane. We shall explain gladly. Back to you, Chief. Thank you, Nasser. On tonight's program, Max Domination continues. LCH reporting Max's every track limit violation, not uh, very classy. Fernando, not too happy with the FIA after those penalties. And F1 to start their own women's racing series. And just a reminder, we need your contributions to keep this program up on the cloud. So just click on the Support F1 Weekly tab, you know you want to. Nas, welcome to the studios. How are you? I am doing very good, sir. Thank you. Um, I had a pretty easy um, trip this time. I flew on Saturday morning. It's just a two and a half hour flight. And then I worked from a hotel room uh, in Round Rock, Texas on Monday. And then Tuesday morning, I flew back. So all in all, it worked out very well. I have to say racing and hee-haw regards. What a race and what a crowd. Texas size excitement. And Mr. Rogers, you have been to this track and it's no trade secret. This is a wonderful facility. Layout of the track is one of the best on the schedule. It has really become one of the fans and drivers favorites. Like many people, I had concerns about the Grand Prix south of the border, close by in Mexico, Grand Prix in Miami. But this thing is getting stronger and stronger. And you should have seen the crowd, which you probably saw on TV anyway. Cool wind blowing before the race. LCH was a few laps away from his first win of the season. But Max got in the way. He is the Procter & Gamble of performance. Head and shoulders above the rest. He has put... Lewis and Leclerc in deep Salsen blue. Carlos Sainz Jr. was wishing and hoping for win number two, but George got in the way. And Machismo kept ticking after his car took a licking. Finished in the points, then Stewart's got in the way. For me, Machismo was driver of the day. That was something I expected from the very best. 
because as we all know, it's not very hard to win races with the best car. So kudos and my dos pesos to El Machismo. And Mr. Host, you must have enjoyed the race and performance of your El Hombre. What say you? Unbelievable, simply unbelievable. Lap 22.5, Fernando, oh my God. It was unbelievable. We were scared. We were witnessing history. And then, and the car was on two wheels for such a long amount of time. It comes down. Fernando does what El Machismo must do. Turn into the Hulk and hang on tight. Getting that car back home. I mean, I, it was stunning. I don't think. I think it'll be on the F1 bloopers show for the rest of our lives. That was unbelievable. But in the end, it's El Machismo. We never expect any less. That is for sure. And that's for why everybody likes Nando, even though we take a few slings and arrows and fight in the way of uh, Oviedo. But we love the race and anything, that's for sure. Okay, sir, let's do our usual uh, quickie on Collie. Ricciardo out in Q1. Zach Brown must be patting himself on the back. Ocon out in Q1 was a surprise. Sainz Jr. was the fastest. Q2, Leclerc fastest. Lance Stroll was very impressive in 8th, like his job depended, depended on this race. And Machismo advances to Q3. Q3, Ferrari won 2 but Carlito gets Max on front row, thanks to Leclerc's grid penalty for engine change. LCH is out-qualified. His whippersnapper teammate looks like every time since the summer break. So that is life and bite in the old dog. Now, honestly, they say is the best policy. Carlos told Indy and NASCAR legend Danica Patrick in post-college interview, saying Red Bull and Max are favored as they are very strong in race pace. Wow. Thanks, Sherlock, for sharing the deeply guarded secret. Now, like Gasly and Elbon, Carlito has the immense pleasure of being teammate to Max. Sir, now we go and talk about the race. What was your idea or thinking how the race will fall under normal circumstances? Well, first of all, Nasser, before we go to the race, I have to pause and talk about Danica Patrick. She had a nice little dress on. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew it. <laughs> and she had cowboy boots, and they gave her an assignment to interview Car Carlito. I think it's awesome. She's moving up the corporate ladder, guys, and we should pay attention. She's getting more comfortable. You could see her and Jensen Button maybe flirting a little bit, but Jensen knows, stay out of trouble. But I thought that was great. Back to the race. Uh, wow. Exciting. I knew Max was going to dominate this race. He is so fast. The Red Bull, now reliable, which is everybody's, their, their dreams dashed. Because that's, that was the key. At the beginning of the season, there were a few issues. But boy, once sorted, this guy's going to dominate for many moons. You know, I was talking to a young medical student who was attending his first Formula One race and the question came up, who will win the race? And I said to him, I will be shocked if Max is not leading the race by lap three. And then I added, 
he may prove me wrong by two laps. And of course, you know, Max checked out as soon as the lights went out. And I think even if Russell had not played Let's Get Physical with Science Jr., there was no way Carlito was going to hunt Super Max. One thing is for sure in Formula 1 these days, when Max takes pole position, you know he's going to check out from the get-go. When Ferrari takes pole position, you know the race-winning car will have red in the name of the car and not on the car. Pretty uh, standard procedure these days. Max has now reached what I would call motorsports nirvana, and Kelly is his courtney. I mean, this guy is now on a hot roll like Senna was with McLaren Honda in the late 80s, like Alain Prost was with the Williams Renault when he had Damon Hill as his teammate, and when Michael Schumacher and the whole Ross Braun, Rory, Rory Byrne gang got going at Ferrari. And then Lewis Hamilton had the same run. And how long, how many races to go before people start calling uh, Max Lucky, Lucky Luciano? <laughs> I mean, everybody's lucky. We're all looking for Lady Luck every day before we step out the door. You have to give it to the guy. He's pretty talented. And we could tell because Perez isn't winning every day. I mean, my goodness. Not only, but you're right. You know, that big United States Grand Prix win and the hugging and the kissing did remind me of the old shoomy days at Ferrari when they began to win, because they struggled for a long time. It wasn't an easy task. But once they did, they did, and they did, and they did. So this is what we're seeing. It's exciting. But what's really good is this motivates. I mean, it motivates one guy, maybe two guys, and that's Toto and Lewis. So this is a good thing because they were sitting on their laurels. They were becoming lethargic. And that's what happens when you win, you win, you win. So the pendulum is swung. Now Red Bull is going to start getting used to winning. And they will become lethargic. And there will be somebody else who's going to swoop in a la Max. But it could be Lewis. could be George. I'm not sure. But it's going to be very interesting. Wolf out saying that the next gen... 2023 Mercedes is not only going to be completely different, but he's thinking of the domination word. He wants to say it. He wants to whisper it. So everybody's having fantasies, which is great for Formula One, but that's what's going on. You know, speaking of Checo Perez, I saw his statement that he feels he can win the championship with Red Bull. And I'm like, when did you make a trip to Colombia or get a parcel from there? Nobody's going to beat Max uh, the way things are going right now, except one guy, and he's not his teammate, and you know who that is. But anyway, moving on to second place, LCH. Last year, he was chasing Max to the finish line, and I was there. This time, thanks to slow pit stop, Max was chasing LCH. And as much as I wanted to see Lewis win this race, I made a comment to this kid as standing next to me. I said, the key here, there are two things. Okay, first is Charles Leclerc keeps uh, Max behind him for another 10-12 laps. Or there is a Cablamo on the GP2 engine in Max's car. And I had serious doubts on both of them. But it was very good to see Mercedes had the pace to be within striking distance of runaway Red Bull freight train, now carrying the weight of the most wins in a season, tied at 13 with Michael Schumacher and his German compadre Sebastian Vettel. 
I think Max will be doing a Mexican hat dance on Sunday with a new track record. He's on it. 16 wins in a season is a strong possibility, meaning he wins the remaining three races. Max is now matching the number of wins with the number on his car or his selected number in racing, 33. And I think he may have 50 plus wins by the end of next season, especially if Mercedes continues with their zero sideboard concept. But I think they will not make the same mistake two years in a row. I am now even more convinced, Mr. Rogers, after seeing the race on Sunday, that Lewis Hamilton is the only driver on the grid who can compete and beat Max in a equally competitive machinery. Now your hombre machismo can also do the damage, but too many burning bridges are in the way. Sainz Jr. and Charles Leclerc, I think they need the Alonso factor. Actually, it's their team that needs that and give the drivers a car that 610 has an advantage of 610 in practice, calling and race to be a factor against Max. Otherwise, they are just putting more and more lipstick on a prancing pig. And Charles Leclerc did bring his friend St. Porky on the podium in third. Not bad starting 12. And this was interesting. In the post-race interview, he was asked if this is the start of the Max domination era. And his answer was, hope not. The Ferrari car is very beautiful. And their drivers certainly deserve a little more punch and a little less chaos in the team. Sir, Charles did a very good job. Uh, stayed out of trouble and starting from 12th came in on the podium. Any comments from Mr. Rogers on that? Yes, 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 yes. Well, let me put it this way. Max, if he starts from 12th, wins. So I know it's a tough world, but ladies and gentlemen, I am based in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we did have a 5.1 earthquake today. So there, if I can take it, he can take it. No, it's fascinating. I'm telling you, the car is. Ferrari's car is beautiful. I mean, even the two drivers, they're very attractive men. They're very beautiful. Everything is beautiful. But I think they need to get a little dirty and be more machismo like Max and Fernando. So we're going to see what happens. I, I don't know. There's just something missing at Ferrari. They're just too... It's that certain je ne sais quoi that's just too much. And I don't know. But of course... A lot of people are claiming that Red Bull, and there was a lot of wishful thinking out there that Max was going to lose the 2021 championship because of this cost cap breach, which was really a, a bad thought from a lot of people. I can't believe it. I'm very disappointed. But uh, I'm glad that affair is behind us. I think they're going to use lose 25% of their wind tunnel usage. But in the end, Next year, so we know how this year is ending, but next year is going to be unbelievable. Once again, it's all going to be in March when they hit España. I'm telling you, I can't wait. This is why Formula One is so exciting. You know, um, when I was watching the race on TV uh, this afternoon and I saw that uh, delayed pit stop for Max and another delayed stop for another team, and the thought that came to my mind, my mind was... Have these people outsourced their pit stop to Scuderia Ferrari? <laughs> that
that's how bad they have become, you know, like like somebody at the track said, Ferrari is basically a joke this season. And especially if you take into account uh, how the season started. But I got to tell you, man, not only the car is beautiful, that side part, the entrance of the side part, air intake, man, that is a piece of art. But moving on to Checo, also known as Sergio Perez, Apart from being a good wingman, he also had wing damage. He was still looking very racy. He was one place short of podium in fourth. Now how machismo it will be if he can win in Mexico, fair and square, and it will be Cinco de Mayo in October. Um, let me ask you a question. Once upon a time, Ayrton Senna da Silva had wrapped up the championship and got involved in a big battle at Suzuka with Arnage. And then R. Nige went, this was for second place, and R. Nige went off on his own. And Gerhard Berger was leading the race miles ahead of uh, Ayrton Senna. Senna reeled him in, passed him, checked out. And then on the last corner, he just slowed down and let Gerhard Berger take the win. Do you think we, we will see any of this in Mexico with Max slowing down to let Checo get a home win? Max wants to dominate every race. I don't think he would want to even show to the world that kind of nicety and loving because that would be a weakness that could, that somebody could pounce on. I don't know. It's very strategic. It's very military. It's very clinical. Nice people finish last. It, it's not going to happen. I think if, he, if his victory in Austin was his 14th victory, which would be a new track record for a season, I think then he would have done that i think i may be wrong but i have to agree with you he is the finest in ruthlessness just like Sina, just like uh, schumacher he wants the win and i don't think he's going to slow down for checo but you never know we'll see okay sir george russell was fifth and set the fastest lap of the race thanks to a late pit stop to gain one additional point wonder what difference that will make at this stage of the career of the season especially how the team has gone all season long. Now, Lando Norris was sixth for McLaren. He was pushing hard and passing people late in the race, which was very exciting to watch on the track and also on Kelly. He has scored points in 16 of 19 races so far. His teammate Ricciardo has scored points in only six races and was 16th in Austin. Now we come to All Rise, Fernando Alonso. On the track, the Omri... After the running with my boy Lollipop, fought back to finish 7th. But we cannot have a Formula 1 weekend this day and age without someone complaining. Gunther Steiner and Haas F1 will not be getting any Tio Pepe Sherry from Alonso this Christmas. And man, I gotta tell you something. Uh, where I was outside the turn 1, you know, the, when the track goes up for the first turn, I could not see the accident and they were talking about Alonso in the air and he's out, he hit the barrier and all that. And then lap after lap, I kept seeing his name. The scoreboard there is only top 10. His name was there and I seriously thought that there is a glitch in the system and the name is just stuck there. But Machismo drove a tremendous, tremendous race. Very, very impressive. Would you like to say something more for your man? Yes, I think when you show your testicles that well, the FIA have to cut you some slack. I mean, what is happening to this country? And what is up with Dario Franchitti going off the handle on, it could have been his life, you know, I mean, 
who are these people? I mean, th the next thing I'm going to know is Graham Rahal is commenting on this. Listen, this was an amazing feat. It was full control of a race car that had no front wheels on the ground. Ladies and gentlemen, what we saw was historical, machismo, and awesome. And he should be rewarded for that instead of being punished. That's all I've got to say. I don't know what's going on in the world, but it's very exhausting. No, you know, I mean, that was a tremendous, tremendous. This, this uh, drive for me is uh, as impressive as his 2005. Uh, you know, th these are the moments when you really find out. I mean, if you were driving a Mercedes two, three years ago and you won a race, well, that is expected from anybody who would drive that car except for Milka Duno. I think even Pastor Maldonado would have won a few races in that car and crashing the others. But this performance for Alonso, man, I, I could not believe uh, when I realized that this guy is finishing the race. Very, very impressive. Okay, sir. Sebastian Fettel was seven for Mr. Stroll's Matchbox collection for his son called Aston Martin F1 team. On the final lap, he made an amazing pass on K-Mag, which even the which delighted even the Danish driver saying this is what racing is all about and it was very very impressive battle between the uh, two drivers. This was Seb's third successive points finish and I'm happy to see him go out in happy mood. More money and honey for the bees. Did, I'm sure you watched the um, pass that uh, Seb did on K-Mag. Oh absolutely. It was thrilling. It was, it was funny because all of a sudden those guys woke up, they realized this is it. And they went for it, and Vettel showed a lot of machismo-ness. It was very impressive. And I don't know if you heard, but because Vettel is retiring and everything, and I, I believe he's had 196 Grand Prix starts, they're planting 196 trees in his honor, and it's going to be called the Vettel Grove. No, that, I heard that, and that's very good. That's very nice. It's a nice touch, and he's a great a talent, you know. I mean, we, nobody is perfect in this world, and of course, you know, people want heroes to be perfect. Everybody has some issues, but as a racing driver, you know, people like him, Lewis, Max, Nando, Schumacher, Senna, Pross, Kimi Raikkonen, we need these talents in Formula One. So I think that's a nice touch. And um, I've never met Sebastian Vettel. You have, but... From people I have spoken to who have worked for them, or have known him, or dealt for them media-wise, and especially from fans, sounds like he's a very down-to-earth guy, just like Michael Schumacher was once you get to know him. Because I remember reading him uh, about him uh, in his interview recently, saying that, you know, hey, I'm a normal guy, I still take my kids to the school and all that. So I, I think he's a good guy. I, uh, I will have fond memories of his racing days. There were obviously some not so happy moment, especially with the race in Mexico and going off ballistic on Charlie Whiting. But man, that Monza victory, oh my God, that was especial. That's for sure. Okay, sir. So Kevin Magnussen was eighth driving for the home team. This was his first point finish since the Austrian Grand Prix in July. Yuki Sonoda, also known as Forty Mouth, he moved up to ninth in the race for the Alpha Tauri team. And listen to this, Mr. Rogers. This was his first point finish in the last 13 races. Not the way to impress Keisha girls in Tokyo. That's what he said. Ocon was the beneficiary of his high-flying teammate's misery and took the final point from his 10th place finish. Machismo took off like a Piper Cub after being launched from the store runway. 
Uh, well, looks like everybody's blaming Stroll and he got a penalty also. And I'm sure you will agree on that. Yeah, I suppose I thought it was more Stroll than Nando, but some, some people were falling asleep. I'm not sure. And he, he, even Nando said he was late. Brutal. And I mean, I, I understand Gunther Steiner's frustration because the Haas got the black and white flag for parts falling off the car three times where very few people get that. And let me tell, tell you, Lewis Hamilton not only was caught driving around in the pre-race without mirrors, he has had mirrors fall off. Everybody has. Juan Pablo, I mean, Kimi Raikkonen, mirrors fall off in these fragile little cars. And to, to give a, a penalty out like that for a mirror after he survived such a ridiculous shunt is unbelievable. But at least the FIA are consistent in being ridiculous. Sorry to say, but I have to agree with you. And I had no idea the Alpine Formula 1 car is built like a Mack truck, which incidentally is owned by a Renault. Then, of course, the wonders of FIA giving him a penalty, which, like you said, is ridiculous. Now, this is interesting. Alpine is saying that Haas's complaint is invalid as it was filed 24 minutes after the deadline had passed, and which looks like to be the case. This reminds me of a James Hunt comment at Monza in 1976 when he was disqualified for some issues with the quality of his fuel. Uh, his comment at that time was, they cheated on cheating. <laughs> That's something you would expect from James Hunt saying. Formula One has too many freak shows now, from Megan the Stallion to Brad Pitt dissing Martin Brundle to the overly excited and highly elated CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, waving the checkered flag. A man, the energy he put in that was very impressive. I think Mr. Cook needs some serious recharging. What say you? That was the most unbelievable thing I'd ever seen. I mean, I've seen some bad checkered flag waves. I've seen some pre-waves, you know, post-waves. You see people make mistakes. But this guy, I mean, it looked like he was under some kind of trance. Or it was his stunt double who didn't want to be there. But, I mean, I've never, we're, I, I, I don't even have words for the lack of enthusiasm. And this was the most unenthusiastic checkered flag wave I had ever seen in my, in my, I mean, did you see that? I mean, the amount of energy he put in waving that flag, you could tell that he really just wanted to look at his iPhone. I mean, this is serious, serious breach of all FIA rules. Penalties should be flying and applied because that was not TV good. It was terrible optics. I mean, it was bad Hollywood. You had Brad Pitt hanging around. You could have gotten so many other people. Christian Horner's butler could have done a better job. Well, you know, this is all part of the American razzmatazz. Uh, all these people that come there. And, you know, my interest is what happens between the start and the end of the race. But when you look at it from a business point of view, bringing Tim Cook up. See, now that will be reported in techie magazines and geeks, which uh, West Coast is full of. They're going to say, hey, man, Tim Cook was at the Grand Prix, man. We need to check it out. And then you have Brad Pitt 
it opens the sport to a lot of lot of people who would not be looking at a Formula One race. So I can understand that part. But I am really not a big fan. He completely did uh, Martin Brundle. He's trying to make a movie about Formula One. If he knows anything about Martin Brundle, he should at least say, you know, say something. I've heard, I've seen other movie stars who had passion for motor racing. Gene Hackman, uh, James Garner, Michael Douglas. You know, they've been at races also and they behave appropriately. You know what I'm saying? I don't expect them to sit down and have a 20-minute cup of tea with Martin Brundle and uh, Crofty. So, you know, well, that's it. it takes all kinds to make this world. That's what it boils down to. And, sir, you know, one big news that came over the weekend was the passing of Dietrich Mateschitz, the uh, co-founder of Red Bull, 78 years old. So our condolences to his family, friend, and the Red Bull organization. He was quite a guy, man. This man was selling toothpaste in uh, South Asia uh, when he ran into some uh, businessman on a flight who was putting some stuff in in a cup of uh, hot water. And the guy said, when I come to Bangkok, I do this and it prevents jet lag. And he contacted these people. And Red Bull is actually translation of a Thai company. And my understanding is that before his passing, Mr. Marischitz had a 49% stake in the company. He's the one who made, made it globally well-known and a billion-dollar behemoth. My understanding reading in a business newspaper recently is that as per the agreement, the shares belonging to him will go back to the Thai people at his passing away. It is a very big brand now. It's a big corporation, billion-dollar corporation. I just hope they keep the Red Bull racing teams going. And if not, somebody will buy. And if they sell at least one of the team, that would give an entry to Honda or Porsche to come in. So uh, we'll see um, how it goes. But, you know, great contribution to World of Motor Racing. And the best part I really like about Red Bull, Dr. Marco and you can say Christian Horner and Dietrich Mateschitz who started the whole thing. They have given opportunities to so many, so many talented drivers who were not members of BBC, Billionaires Boys Club, from Daniel Murad, Colin Fleming from California, Scott Speed, people from South Africa, Adrian Zaw, people from New Zealand, Yuki Sonoda, so many people from Europe. And, you know, and they were very fair. I mean, pretty ruthless, but they did not bring a trainload of one Austrian after another. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, they just picked up the very right people and did a very great chop chop if they did not produce results like uh, Sebastian or uh, uh, Daniel Ricciardo or Max. I mean, Max is a totally different uh, golden apple, I would say. But uh, he will be missed and uh, we certainly appreciate the Red Bulls Racing Academy and achievements. Any thoughts you may have? Yeah, I mean, a super guy lucked out. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Lucked out. But Lady Luck, uh, you know, she works everywhere. He's done a lot of good things with his money. He's a philanthropist. And he, like Nasser said, I mean, this guy's helped a lot of young people and a lot of young racing teams. He, is, he sponsors everything. Everything, everything, everything. I like Red Bull's organization. I don't drink Red Bull, but I know one thing. Tim Cook needs some red bull but i did get something right off the ticker tape machine from the ap apparently tim cook 
had a three-day constipation bout, hence the funny, funny look. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have a quick message from Xlax, and we'll be back after this brief message. One of those nights, you know what the problem is. Your system isn't doing its job. Constipation. A very real problem at times. Where do you turn? To the laxative more people turn to than to any other. To X-Lax, the gentle, dependable, overnight laxative. Only X-Lax has a medically approved laxative ingredient in convenient chocolate tablets to help your system do its job again. A laxative ingredient a recent medical book calls very reliable, quote, for use at bedtime to produce results much like normal in the morning, unquote. Results much like normal in the morning. Now you feel refreshed, renewed, X-Lax, the gentle, dependable, overnight laxative. Welcome back to F1Weekly.com. Clark Rogers here, your host. In now, as we spin the globe and go around the world with Motorsports Mondial and the king, the Swami himself, Nasser Hamid. Thank you, sir. And we shall start with horsing around in Texas. Danny Boy is a happy camper in the USA. On Friday, he made his entrance on a horse while being serenaded by a country and western artist, like a rhinestone cowboy. I hope he gets some cards and letters from team owners he don't even know and offers coming over the phone, which is need of the hour for the Aussie mate. You know, there are reports that he may go back to Red Bull as a reserve driver because apparently he was trying to do the same thing with Mercedes, but he has fell through. For me, the most exciting news over the weekend was the sponsorship announcement from a coffee shop in Austin. Haas F1 is now rich with new sponsor who has real cash, company called MoneyGram. MoneyGram is in the same business as Western Union. If you get pulled over by police in Pacoima, California or Piscataway on the East Coast and don't have a few hundred bucks to bail you out, you call mom and dad to set you free. MoneyGram will help, gladly. This is a great arrangement because they operate in over 140 countries. Given the team's previous sponsorship disaster with Rich Energy, I think they should have invited ZZ Top who are based in Texas to provide musical entertainment at the sponsorship announcement. This is very good news, sir. More and more American involvement in Formula One. And I'm hoping one day CEO of one of these companies will say, Hey man, F1 is global. Let's put a local yokel in the car and see what he can do. Right now among the local, Logan Sargent is knocking on the door and is hoping for a drive with Williams in 2023 and I just saw a news item uh, shortly before the recording began that he will be doing additional uh, testing duties and I am told uh, from a Formula One person, professional in the industry that he has the right if he can get the super license and that's why they are giving him these more tests so hopefully he will make it. Okay, Jack Crawford, also known as Jack Pack, is from Texas also, and he is racing in Formula 3 with Red Bull. Then we have Ugo, Ugo Chukwu from New York City, racing in British Formula 4 in the good hands of Mr. Zach Brown. 
I think what the American racing fans need is a Kenny Roberts or Eddie Lawson on four wheels who will rattle the cage of everyone upon arriving in Europe. Mr. Rogers, among the young Americans trying to get into Formula 1, who would you like to see in Grand Prix racing or you fancy Haley Deegan in Formula 1 because you see racing in her eyes? I do like Haley Deegan. That would be awesome. I mean, I remember when Danny Sullivan started some program and everybody wants an American. Hey, listen, an American will come when the talent is there, folks. That's how it works. Yeah, whether it's American or a female or whatever, if you can drive a race car or you can beat Max, you're in. The match is pretty simple. It's very simple. Max didn't say, well, since I'm Dutch, I must go F1. No, you go and go and go. And if you wind up there, kudos. But yes, I mean, there's some possibilities. You never know. I mean, they have been streaming by. I mean, we had Scott Speed. We had Alexander Rossi. They tried. But, you know, to find a Max is very, very tough to do. Yeah, and speaking of Max, fellow Dutch driver Christian Elber said that Max can break many records like the, mo like the most wins in one season. And according to him, if there's a year in which he can do that, it's now. And I have to totally agree with him. And you were right, Mr. Host. As you can see, luck plays a part in every success. It is Max's good luck that Mercedes does not have a car that's even remotely as competitive as it has been past few seasons. But then again, you make your own luck. You don't hear Lewis screaming on the team radio, VW engine! Ah! But it could. If it doesn't perform next year, see the GP2 engine didn't come in the first year, came in the second year. It's the second year of failure. Then, then you have bowel problems, you have skin problems, a lot of things bubble up to the surface. And Mr. Botas, before the race on Sunday, this guy moves around America, which is good. Before the race on Sunday, Valtteri took part and won a bike race in Lawrence, Kansas. Wondered if he was blowing dust in the wind on the competition. But I think his uh, vacation is, uh, in Colorado was much more high profile and shining. What say you? He definitely got the spotlight in Colorado because he didn't moon people in Kansas. Yeah, he got the spotlight where the sun don't shine. That was very impressive. Now we come to new kids on the block. In Austin, several young drivers tested F1 machinery. Antonio Giovinazzi, also known as Italian Jesus, crashed. According to him, the crash will not affect chances of returning to Formula 1. I guess being a paisan will help at Scuderia Ferrari. Alex Palu went loco after driving the McLaren. He called the car fast and insane. Palu, like Piastri, was involved in, I will not drive for the stream. I'm going to McLaren. But Ganassi's lawyers chipped him to stay for one more year. Nice try, though. Also testing was the aforementioned Mr. Logan Sargent, who is very much hoping to become the next American in Formula 1 in 2023 with Williams. Logan's credentials include Karting World Championship, taking the F3 Championship to the final round against Oscar Piastri. Actually, he was leading the championship uh, going into the final round, so this kid is very quick. And you know, we interviewed him when he was in karting. And this year he has done, I think I would go so far to say he has done the best job of all the drivers in F2 along with uh, Jack Duhon. Uh, this is first year for Logan in Formula 2. 
and he has been very, very impressive. He is from Boca Raton, Florida and has performance pedigree. Next was Robert Schwarzman. He is in the Ferrari driver program, won the Formula 3 championship but could not win the F2 championship. Signor Binotto is very high on him as he was on Mick Schumacher once upon a time. But that Amore is now fading away like smoke from a cappuccino. Do you think Mike, uh, Mick Schumacher will be in Formula 1? We ask this question every week. Uh, no. I will be surprised if he's not because of the name and the fame and the money behind him. But we're going to find out very quickly. Robert Schwarzman is from the same town as Comrade Putin, St. Petersburg. But thanks to the Cossack Crusade in Ukraine, Robert is now racing under the Israeli flag. Next, your fellow Francais, Theo Pourcher. This is one fast Frenchie. Like Liam Lawson from New Zealand, he is one of the most talented young drivers knocking on the doors of F1. Both were in the second year of F2 and both did not deliver championship winning results. Liam is in the Red Bull program and Pourcher is with the Sauber Academy. And Sir Liam Lawson, I saw him in the parking lot getting into the van, so I exchanged hello hi with him. And that's the closest I could get to anybody involved in on the driving side of Formula One weekend. This is a very, very good talent. Okay, sir, let's see what else is going on in other sports. MotoGP from Malaysia, wonderful Sepang circuit, double Ducati success with Italian riders. Pecco Benyaya winning over Enea Bastianini. Your homeboy, Fabio Quattararo, was third for Yamaha. WRC, World Rally Championship from Spain, Sebastian Ogier was the winner, his first win of the season. I think he's only taking part in a few wins, driving for Toyota, and that victory helped Toyota get the Constructors' Championship. Okay, sir, faces going places. Last week, we reported young Mercedes Jr. Kimi Antonelli uh, winning the German Formula 4 Championship. And I'm loving this, that you can watch all these races on YouTube. This past weekend, he has done it again, winning the opening race of the Italian Formula 4 Series at Mugello, and with it, taking the Italian F4 Championship also. Definitely a talent to keep an eye on, which we will do, gladly. Globalization of motor racing is beautiful. Among the drivers in the race, we have Emerson Fittipaldi's son, Emo Jr., a lady by the name of Victoria Blochina from Russia, and Ismail Ahmad from Uzbekistan. And here is a name that will put fear in every young driver's heart and soul. Brando Bador, Bambino of Luca. Motorsports media is ruthless. When Luca had his uh, 15 minutes of fame as a Ferrari race driver, media was calling Luca Bador as look how bad you are. That was very, very sad and insulting. Another young talent blinking on my racing radar, Mr. Rogers, is the new super sweet with a Bosnian flavor. A kid by the name of Dino Biganovic. He is in the uh, Ferrari Driver Academy. He was fourth on Saturday in the Formula Regional European Championship, Fraca as they are calling it, also at Mugello, and that gave him the championship title. This series includes Sebastian Montoya, Eduardo Barrichello, and a driver from Paraguay, Joshua Dirksen. Kudos and congrats to the new champion. And Mr. Rogers, I was at Mugello many moons ago, courtesy of an FNB Play listener, the drive from Florence to the track was super bellissimo. It was on this trip I met and interviewed two young drivers at that time, 
Jules Bianchi and Nico Hulkenberg, who looked like a baby fox. That was the day that was very exciting. And there was also a DTM race. And sir, we have to report on this. Barilla behind bars. I don't know if you saw this news. You know, we, we talk a lot about spaghetti culture and Barilla pasta. Guess what? There is a class action lawsuit against the company based on giving customers the impression their products are made in Italy. One of the plaintiffs is, and I'm not making this up, a lady by the name of Mrs. Pross, who lives on this side of the pond. And it's spelled P-R-O-S-T, just like Le Professor. She and her husband were, according to their F. Lee Bailey, traumatized, and this happens in America quite a bit, traumatized after buying a lot of Barilla pasta, only to find out the pasta is made in Iowa and New York and not in Napoli. Company's defense is they are a global brand with HQ in Illinois. Let's see what kind of sauce Judge Wapner will put on this case. Now we move on to Achy Breaky Heart, which you mentioned earlier at the top of the show. Formula W has gone kaput. Now Formula 1 has announced they will start an all-female series with cars similar to Formula 4, which makes a lot more sense. Just my personal take on this, I think better idea would be to launch a program similar to Red Bull Search for American Driver, where they can have a global initiative to go to different parts of the world, and I would say at least major places with high population, and launch a similar program working with local karting authorities. Put together a bunch of 30 to 50 fast females, and I'm sure they're out there, and help the top 5 or 10 go through the various junior categories. Motorsports is not rocket science. It's pretty simple. As we said earlier, if you can drive a car faster than Max, you will make it to Formula 1. Of course, easier said than done. But that is the racing reality. Now, you tell me who would be interested in a driver from his country running solid 14th in a field of 24 cars or racing in GP3 for three years with one top 20 finish to show for. That's not racing, folks. That's cruising on a Sunday afternoon. Your take on this, Machismo Man? Well, you're right. We want to see competition on this podcast, and we need a bigger pool to draw from. It should be organized. Top 10 go to another pool. Top 10 go to another pool. We narrow it down to Maxita and Luisa and Fernandita. Simple. Don't forget Rebecca, Rebecca from Rancho Cucamonga in Southern California. Very important because they have the avocados. Yes, and Foxy Roxy from Fresno. And you know why I say these names? Some years ago, many years ago, I went to the world famous, uh, what is that place where uh, Rolling Stones had a concert and a person was killed? Altamont. Altamont Raceway. I went there and there was a pickup series for ladies and they had names like that. And boy, what a... What an event that was like a 10 lap race and they could only run like uh, two laps. Everything else was caution, red flag and accidents, but these things happen. Okay, Mr. Rogers, now we come to our special feature sponsored by Pace Picante Sauce. This stuff is made in Texas, not New York City. The segment is called Texas on the Track. A look at some great motorsports personalities from the Lone Star State and they have produced quite a few. We'll start with the big kahuna, A.J. Foyt, Anthony Joseph Foyt. Definitely the greatest legend of IndyCar racing. A.J. is outspoken, out of control, just as Ari Lewin died. He has the most wins both in races and championships. 
in IndyCar racing, and he also won the 1967 uh, Le Mans with Dan Gurney, and also, like Mario Andretti, has been successful at the Daytona 500. He has done it all, slap IndyCar officials, a choked Robin Miller, and my favorite smash laptops when his driver ran out of fuel and did not win the Indy 500, which I believe was uh, Robbie Gordon. There's only one AJ from Houston, Texas. And you know, Mr. Rogers, speaking of Houston, Texas, long time ago, I was reading his book, and there used to be a very famous uh, com uh, radio announcer, I believe the name was Sid Collins, and AJ wrote in his book that the first time he led the Indy 500, all he could think of was now Sid Collins is announcing to the world. Leading the Indy 500 is AJ Foyt from Houston, Texas. He is definitely the real deal, a hard-working man, tough as nails, Texan man. I have tremendous respect for him. And you know, we interviewed him some years ago at uh, Laguna Seca. That was a very great uh, moment for me. Now we come to Carol Shelby. He started co-owner at one time with Dan Gurney of the All-American Races, and of course his name is synonymous with Cobra. He even raced in Formula 1 briefly and won the 1959 Le Mans with Aston Martin. Jim Hall, famous for Chaparral racing cars from Midland, Texas. And I remember when I was a kid looking at a magazine and he was reading, racing an automatic sports car at the 14.2 big American sports car at the uh, Nordschleife Nürburgring. So quite a guy. And of course, not surprisingly, coming from Midland, Texas, he is an oil man. Uh, his parents were killed in a plane crash when he was young. And in the 1990s, he ran an IndyCar team with sponsorship from Pennzoil. And one of his drivers was Gilles de Ferrand. Next, we come to Johnny Rutherford, a gentleman you and I interviewed at uh, Sears Point some years ago. Lone Star GR, as he is known, is from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and he is a three-time winner in the Indy 500, twice at McLaren and once in a Chaparral. Next, Terry Labonte. Terry Labonte and his brother Bobby are from Corpus Christi. Both have won a lot of races in Mr. Rogers' favorite series. At one time, Terry was Tony the Tiger of NASCAR, as he was sponsored by Kellogg. And finally, we come to man champion on two wheels kevin schwartz world champion on two wheels he is from houston and he took the 1993 title in the 500 cc class riding for lucky strike suzuki with that we strike out on this edition of f1 weekly podcast and speaking of texas the musical mondial today is from houston here is mr don hanley doing what max has been doing all season long and may be doing for many more to come. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy. Good night. <laughs>